Well, good morning. Like Jason said, my name is uh, Tracy Colgrove, and I uh, am the resident pastor here at City Light Southwest, Iowa. And uh, thank you for delivering uh, God's word. And uh, we will be going, like Jason said, through Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 20. So lots of good stuff packed in there. Uh, Thank you for going through that. So Grab uh, your Bibles. It's going to be a few minutes, and we will jump into that if you'd like to follow along. So as we wrap up the core um, values series, I have the pleasure of giving the message on out today. So um, <clears throat> so uh, we have learned uh, through the last five weeks, we've gone through, uh, let's see, we've gone through mission and vision. Uh, we've gone through gathering and scattering. Uh, we have done up, I'm sorry, down, up, in and out. I had that all practiced with my hand gestures to let my uh, crusty old mind remember that. But anyways, uh, I almost slipped up. So anyways, it may seem like there's some carryover in the sermons that you've heard. So um, just uh, hang in there. Uh, there definitely is some, just like the body of Christ and the Bible, uh, there's lots of commonalities and uh, similarities that carry over in those. So should our core values uh, carry over and weave into one another. So um, in giving uh, the message today, uh, you, you will hear some of those commonalities. Uh, it's kind of like a math class where you're uh, having to go through the review, uh, just not quite as boring as the math class, a little bit more interesting, I hope. So my hope and my prayer for you today is that you will have some great takeaways uh, to go back on and look at our, uh, get a better sense of our core values here at City Light. So over the last five weeks, we've heard uh, several different sermons that brought missions and uh, life to our values. So Christian mission uh, would be defined as an organized effort uh, to take Christianity to new converts. And our first or our earliest uh, mission would have been uh, in the Great Commission, the sending off, the dispersing of the 12 apostles. Um, And if we want to exemplify being the body of Christ on out mission uh, as a church, we should try to be that city on, set on a hill or that light of the world like uh, through God's love, uh, as in Matthew 5.14 says. So to define out, we would simply just need to plug in the word mission. <clears throat> so um, to take that a bit farther, I would say the church is God's missionary agency to fulfill the Great Commission. And that sounds pretty cool. To me, it reminds me of like, uh, obviously, I don't know if any of you have watched the Olympics before, but the opening ceremonies where you have the torchbearer, the guys that carry the flame, and they start out, obviously, they light the flame, they uh, carry it along the way, they protect that flame, and then they deliver that uh, flame of God. And so speaking of flame, just uh, a verse that's actually, you can see it on the City Light website, Uh, Emil Bruner said, the church exists by mission as a fire exists by burning. So I thought that was a great way to put that. So missions is not just one mission, uh, mission within ministry within the church but it is the very orientation of the church. So the best way for me to explain that and get that in my, in my mind 
uh, would be just think about all the different uh, ministries that are within the church. So all working together as a common, uh, with a common goal in mind, with Jesus Christ at the nucleus of that core. So we think of the kids' ministry downstairs. We can think of the men's ministry, all the, the labors and the servers that have come to help support the church. The women's ministry, we have uh, Trish's uh, ministry that she has helped to set up for community outreach. So all of that is painting um, a a beautiful picture, a a portrait, um, is the best way that I can explain it. But then if we go a little bit deeper, uh, you you think of, okay, the kids' ministry. What is the kids' ministry doing? It's not only loving, serving on the kids, uh, serving the kids, teaching, uh, nurturing them, but it's also actually helping the parents to be able to come up here and get some relief and some reprieve and be able to focus and praise Jesus. So all of that working together and then Obviously, it's bleeding out into the community of Emerson, the region, and what I see is not only just that portrait or that picture, but I see a mural that God is painting the size of a city block, and and that's, I think, just an awesome way to be able to think about that. So um, the church, the health of a church is directly correlated to the love of Christ they receive and what is then reflected and shared to their own congregation, community, uh, the region, as well as uh, networks of people. So the same gospel that transforms our hearts from within compels us to go out on mission. So uh, here's an easier one maybe for the guys to pick up. So guys are thinking, oh, beautiful painting, artwork. Think of a car and uh, maybe a muscle car even, right? So, so think of the power, like what fuels that car? I would say that if you have the muscle car and that is the body of Christ and acting as mission, you would say that Jesus would be the fuel, the fuel, the, the combustion in that engine that makes it go, the fire inside, maybe the oil that keeps the engine flowing fluidly. And then the people would be the actual engine and the inner workings of that in our congregation. And then the mission and the out would actually be the drive, the place where it is taking you. And through God, we can use that thread as long as he is at the center and take us out on mission. So I hope that gives you a better picture. Um, So let's just jump into scripture here if you have your Bibles open. I just wanted to set the stage here. So the overall uh, theme today uh, would be stepping into the Lord's harvest yields blessings. So just three takeaways that I want to give you all today. Uh, The first would be Christ empowers us to go out on mission. Our second would be God provides for the faithful. And the third would be stepping out in faith brings blessings. So we're in Luke 10. Let's go to 10 uh, verse 1 through 3. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others, and I think I have 70 up there on accident, but 72 others, um, and sent them on ahead of him two by two into every town and place there where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly that the Lord of the harvest, of the Lord of the harvest, to send out his labors into the harvest. So go on your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs uh, among wolves. So 
Jesus, uh, we see here that uh, he, he knows that his time is running short. His days are numbered. And so really to me, I think he's doubling down and he, he's, he's getting these other uh, 72 uh, disciples to go out ahead of him two by two. There was so many towns that hadn't heard his message to this point. So as they went out two by two, they did this because uh, they required at least two eyewitnesses uh, to be able uh, to account. And then it also helped, uh, you know, when you're on the road, just like if you're on a road trip and, and you got the long eight-hour drive ahead, it's always nice to have someone there to be able to sit in the, in the passenger seat and support you, keep you awake, uh, give you some drive and some encouragement. Because you can imagine going out um, and, and having to deal with some of those discouraging things on your own. So it just uh, strengthens you and encourages you along that way. So the harvest is, was plentiful, and that still rings true today. Excuse me. Try mouth. So... <clears throat> It also, um, in this rural church, I think it's easier for us here to think about that harvest. Um, maybe because of the rural roots and you see um, the harvest coming and it's really a lot of people are working in the fields, uh, in the combines, and working hard. So um, I think here in the home, small hometown, uh, you, get, you get the harvest, the plentiful harvest, as opposed to the alternative the, uh, the uh, weak harvest or the bad harvest. Uh, so, and, and then I just think about the guys like Midtown, Omaha City Lights, and some of the churches. Maybe they don't get that harvest thing quite as much, obviously in biblical terms, but to relate um, to that. So if we believe Jesus is coming back, we need to have haste. We need to have a sense of urgency. And I think it's, it's difficult in this day and age with all the distractions to be able to, to uh, stick to our guns and have that sense of urgency uh, in Jesus Christ that people need to know about Jesus and be pointed to him. So um, through our actions as well as through sharing um, the gospel and the good news. So we should continue to pray for labors to be raised up, just as the 72 disciples did. Jesus tells them to pray, uh, then work, and, um, and it cannot be done without prayer. So this is where, like our larger groups, uh, say city groups, when you send out like 20 people, uh, a dozen people to 20 people, you can really go into communities and make huge impacts when you are serving or even going out as a whole congregation. Excuse me. So just to define city groups, maybe some of you are unfamiliar with that term. City groups are groups that seek out a common mission, um, a common purpose to serve, love, and make discipled, uh, disciples of neighborhoods and uh, networks of people in southwest Iowa and uh, surrounding communities. So with some city groups, um, sorry, someone once told me that southwest Iowa has fertile soil, especially in this area. Excuse me. And I'm speaking of that uh, metaphorically. Obviously, Christ uh, has come and he has tilled the soil here for us. He has prepared those fields for harvest. It is ripe with uh, people that want to know Jesus or need to know who Jesus is. So um, we can be thankful that 
Christ has come here before us and he is calling up his laborers. So he says, I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. God will use us. He will use one another to actually, if you think about it, answer our own prayers using us as the laborers to lift up and help one another in answering those prayers. We will encounter unruly people and messy lives along the way. But through prayer and uh, through uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit as we invite him in, he will carry us through dealing with those difficult situations. So to demonstrate your love for God by showing love to those who are difficult to love. That is how you show God truly that you know what love is. So moving on to uh, verses 4 through 8. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be with this speech of this house. Excuse me. And if the Son of Peace is there... Your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you and remain in the same place, eating and drinking what they provide. For the laborer deserves his wages, and do not go from, the house, from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. So uh, that's got some good stuff. Jesus, he, so he got them to pray. Uh, he got their hearts prepared to go. And then he gave them specific, uh, detailed instruction on how to work at that ministry. He told them that they didn't need material things. Uh, There's no uh, reason for that. And not to be sidetracked along the way. Uh, There's no need for social chitter-chatter down the road. So obviously, we're not saying that they didn't greet people along the way, that they weren't polite and loving But Jesus wanted to make sure that they stayed at the greater task on hand. So um, they were to remain in the same house that received them in the peace offering, eating and drinking what they were given, thankfully receiving it all while trusting that God would provide for them. So this was also a way for them uh, to be able to make that connection in those homes, build those relationships and those bonds, and uh, to tell, show them, the, not only show them the love of Christ, but give them that moment to disciple those that they stayed with and praying that they would be uh, saved. So Jesus tells them to regard the support as payment for God's kingdom work, the disciples. As laborers in God's fields, we are not always paid in a physical way. Sometimes others are able, able to bless us with a meal, with serving, with loving on us, praying for us. Um, those are all ways, uh, that, and, and also graciousness. So our real pay comes in blessings from God, um, or generous giving, whatever that is, um, in people, moving people's hearts to be generous in giving, whatever that is. So I have to fundraise, and I have learned to do this uh, personally. I have to fundraise uh, for uh, my, my family and supporting uh, the mission that uh, Christ has called me out into. And um, I am given a, a gracious uh, 
housing allowance through the church, but this is something that I knew stepping into as a resident pastor, I was going to need to learn uh, to lean into God and trust him. And I'm going to tell you, I have a good relationship with Christ, but that was very difficult to look at in the beginning. But I have grown so much um, through Christ's grace and love that he has blessed my family. And for the last several months, uh, he has completely provided for my family and I uh, through uh, his generosity in your hearts and in people that have given, and some of them without me even have to say a thing. So uh, it has been an amazing walk with the Lord. Uh, So in uh, I am proof that God says what he means when he says, to step out in faith, and he will take care of the work. So um, it is amazing to see also he has taken away my taste or my appetite for material things. So as as you had heard last time, if if you were here from my last sermon, I kind of told a little bit of a story about how I got wrapped up into those material things and where what was really meaningful in my life. And through his grace, he has helped me to, to push those things away. Those will all be gone in the fire someday. Those are not things of importance. So he has pointed me in the right direction. So uh, verse 9, heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. So healing was very important because it showed that the kingdom was not only the power and the awe, that it wasn't just about the moving of mountains, but Uh, that there was also um, mercy and kindness. And that showed that the kingdom of God was near. It wasn't all about that that shock and awe, I guess I want to say. The combination of compassion with proclamation serves as a powerful witness. So just think about uh, that homeless person that is being housed. Maybe that that sick person that's being healed. That hungry person that is being fed. Um, uh, the homeless person, uh, this house, those people are all drawn to uh, the one who meets their needs as well as their faith. So it, you can just imagine meeting someone who has not only let you into their life, they have helped you, loved you, served you, and that they also are able to point you to the person who makes it all possible in Christ. So uh, we move on to uh, chapter, I'm sorry, verse 17 through 20. The 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, Do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And that is truly what it is all about. Um, So when the original 12 were commissioned and they were sent off, uh, the uh, original apostles, uh, we see that they were given power in Luke uh, 9 verse 1. Uh, And then he made no mention of it here in chapter 10. Uh, that uh, they would have command over the demons. Um, But he did mention that they would be protected and that no one would harm them. 
That's what Jesus said. But God comes through in a mighty way, delivering an unforeseen um, power. We learn later uh, that in protection, and he blessed them with an unforeseen power. We learn later in Luke that Jesus even was a bit taken aback uh, by his father's action, God giving him them that power over the demons um, in his name to the disciples. So we see that blessings come to those who step out and serve the Lord faithfully, and we also uh, see uh, that, that he offers protections. So uh, as we trust and go forth in the Lord's harvest, we see this, and he, he sees this, and he knows our hearts. Jesus warns us not to abuse that power and not to become arrogant in our ways of serving. He wants us to, be, to serve and to have humble hearts and not righteous ones. So my family and I are in a city group. It is called uh, Less is More, hence uh, we're, so we're from the, uh, the Less Hills. Some of you may say the Los Hills or the Loess Hills. There's so Loess, I don't know. We hear Less Hills, and we actually live there. So, but, um, so, and it's kind of a fun thing. It's obviously the area that we live in, so there's some, some naming there. And then also uh, where we want to be, less of ourselves and more of Jesus. So that, that was just kind of a fun thing that I enjoyed. Um, so we meet weekly on Tuesdays, and we get together, and we do uh, fellowship. Uh, we do dinner together. Uh, we we uh, pray. We go out, reach in the community. So lots of great things going on in prayer. Um, and did I mention dinner? We, we, <laughs> we do dinner well, um, and... And uh, actually, on Tuesdays, we do Taco Tuesday pretty much about 90% of the time. It is Fiesta Taco Tuesday. I mean, we're talking layout, smorgasbord, the hardest is lay it out, and, and, and we really enjoy ourselves. So, lots of other goodies. But one thing that we do in the city group is we try to be intentional with the children. That is one of the biggest things, and uh, Yolan and Mark do a great job of that, of inviting the children in um, and celebrating uh, their goodness and letting them see not only uh, the teachings of what we're learning for that week, but also um, I think it's great for them to see us um, as men and as women uh, being godly and leading out with that. Um, you know, there's so many men uh, that I have run into, and that is one of the biggest um, problems with men today that, that they say to me, you know, I never had someone that I could look to that could show me what it looks like to be a godly man, to, to not only talk the talk, but to walk the walk in actions. And to be honest, to me, that is one of the most exciting things when they our children can see that they can never say that they never had that because there's I can tell you there's five men in our group and they're amazing and I see them walk it every day um, in that so it's just an awesome thing to see and then we have women just uh, loving on their on the children loving on their husbands and that just uh, is a great thing to see so being a spiritual leader of the family going to church those are all great things uh, for children to see we're not perfect uh, but 
Uh, none of those kids, like I said, will be able to say that. So step out in faith and be intentional with Christ, and you will see your blessings poured out on generations to come. So the Hardesties and I had the pleasure of going to the Emerson uh, group this week. That was an amazing blessing. Uh, it was actually the first time uh, that we got to go out there and uh, just kind of meet and greet and see the people and what they're about. We had fellowship and a barbecue out there, and, and it was awesome. There was actually, I think, maybe eight, ten new people there. I'm not sure how many exactly because um, we don't go there every week, but new faces that I hadn't seen, and then a few of them even that maybe had been there just. Uh, one time before. So it was exciting to be a ble- uh, and a blessing to be a part of. We obviously came from City Light Council Bluffs, and that's how we were originally formed. This was truly the prayer and the time and the relationship building uh, that has gone into this and the fruit from the labor. Um, and, and, I, and I just see that as such an awesome thing um, that is going on in Emerson and the surrounding areas. So we tried to throw a big party without Jason. We didn't know if he was going to be there. I was texting people, inviting people that weren't even going to go to the group, uh, trying, you know, but then he showed up and we were all kind of like, ah, man, no, (laughs) no, it was awesome. And thank you so much for opening up your home and hosting. Uh, We had a great time. So our out in city groups, it can feel like a tall order for us to handle. Our lives are already seem so busy, right? And so, so stressed. So when our inner being says, man, that sounds great, you know, community, friendship, prayer, biblical study, I mean, that's great. But then you stop and it really sinks in and you're like, where does all of this fit into my life? So at some point we need to look inward and at ourselves um, and ask, what is important in my life, and what am I investing in for my family? Does that what I do on a weekly basis does it honor God? I myself have been to that point, and I and I continue to live through that, struggling with the tug and the pull in life, and 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 the busyness. Luke, we all we all have that feeling of busyness, right? Like life does not slow down and wait for us; it will just pass us by. Has anyone seen the sign? And I don't know if it's still up there, but over on the Nebraska side, yes, boo, Nebraska. But uh, when you go through the old Bellevue Bridge, right off of Mission, there's a sign. It, it, I don't know if it's still up there, but it said BUSY in capital letters, the acronym. And it stood for, um, uh, sorry, I, I lost it here. I know what it is, being under Satan's yoke, BUSY. I mean, we have sports, we have birthday parties, we have reunions, graduations, vacations, home projects, uh, Pokemon uh, driving around the community. Like everything in life is just tugging at us, this, that, and the other thing. And it's hard to slow down. And obviously those things are all good. I- I'm not telling anyone uh, to not do those things, right? Because I myself, again, have gone through that. And don't, when I leave here, I don't want to hear, oh, Tracy said, uh, I'm not supposed to celebrate my kid's birthday party. So, you know, that's not what it's about, so don't just take that away. So those are all awesome things uh, to invest in. So, but what we need uh, is not to immerse ourselves uh, in it, to a point of taking yourself out of kingdomship, right? So getting so busy that you lose your sense of belonging to something that Christ calls you to. So 
I love Jason's takeaway a few weeks ago, not to, not to go back forward uh, too far, but a few weeks ago he said the Sabbath day, one day where you do nothing um, but trust in God and say, God, you got this. To, to spend time with your family, to love on them, um, and, and see all the good that Lord, the Lord has done for you. Um, and that is a great time to take that day excuse me, to reflect and look at your schedules and pray through that as a family and say, what are we investing in? Um, So we learned that if we step out in faith, we will receive blessings. What we need to be aware of in stepping out is that there can be suffering when we step out in faith. Excuse me. Um, But um, blessings... uh, uh, Suffering that comes before the blessings are visible and apparent. Stepping out in blind faith can create pitfalls. So I received blessings spiritually when I stepped out, and it was almost immediately. And I don't know if that's just because I was on this high and super excited for what it was, but I truly believe that God blessed my ministry immediately. And I know that because of all of you, the love that I received, the encouragement, and the supporting of my ministry and the Lord's ministry. So, um, but not long after that, we did go through some suffering, you know, financially, some burdens, some other things uh, that were kind of unforeseen. So the devil will obviously try to step in, whether it's that busyness in life, uh, but just to be aware that we don't always see that immediate blessing. And isn't that as a, as a society, don't we always look for that immediate gratification uh, in, in today's society? It's like that next best thing, and it never uh, fills us. So what Jesus tells the disciples is, keep your eyes uh, not on the prize of today, but that your name is written in heaven. The blessings will come, and they will come tenfold if you trust and step out in faith and follow Jesus. So although God doesn't keep score on earth, he knows us, he knows our hearts, and he sees what we do. And that's where we will, it will ring in in heaven. So just want to wrap up with a, a story here. And uh, late last fall, um, I had been invited to an all-staff uh, meeting. Uh, Jason invited me in, and it was my uh, first, and uh, it, was, it was amazing. I really had no clue what to expect. So I'm going in, uh, just, just a regular guy, and, and there's all the, the pastors, the, the, the worship leaders, uh, the ministry uh, leaders, the directors of all the churches in the all-staff city light. So I was a bit nervous at first, not knowing what to expect. 60, 75, I don't know, people that attend that, maybe more sometimes, um, through um, all the different leaders. And like I said, to this day, I continue to be in awe. And the presence of the Holy Spirit was there. It was amazing. It was one of more of the defining moments in my step out into faith to see this. Um, And I knew at that moment, after going that first time, that God had me right where he wanted me. That exciting started to build. He showed me, uh, I got you. So it was about 10 o'clock, and and I was just uh, sitting there. We just got done worshiping. We sat down, going into the message at the uh, all-staff prayer meeting. And all of a sudden, about 50, 60 phones went off, and I was like, what is going on? My phone didn't go off. I thought there was an Amber Alert or something like that. And I was like, 
these alarms going off, and I kind of looked around, and then they said, let's bow our heads in prayer. So I was expecting a prayer like for an Amber Alert or something like that. Um, and, and then what I heard was praying for laborers uh, to go out into the Lord's harvest. And I was like, what, 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 what is this? What's going on? And I kind of got tripped up and lost in my confusion. That happens often. Um, but like I knew what they were saying, but I didn't put two and two together. So I decided to invite myself to the next prayer staff meeting, uh, not, not through Jason's invitation, but I felt like I needed to take ownership. And what I did, I kind of went in there looking like, you know, the presence of the Holy Spirit was in this last uh, meeting. Like I was waiting for it not to be in this next meeting. Like going and seeing, maybe I want to see a pastor here walk with a little swag, or maybe he's going to be a little prideful or a little cocky, um, or one of the ministry leaders. But that isn't what happened. What I saw was 75 uh, uh, men and women of God humble themselves and just praise the Lord, sing up to the heavens, and it was so awesome. Uh, I can't talk about it enough, but I don't have that much time, so, and neither do you guys. Um, so again, we got done worshiping, we sat there, and all of a sudden, the, the tornado alarms were going off on everybody's phone again, and I'm like, man, what was that? Somewhere I lost and forgot to do my my research on what that prayer was. And then again, I, I looked over at somebody next to me. I don't remember if it was Jason or who it was. And I said, well, what's everybody praying about here? I don't get it. This is the 1002 prayer. And that's what I heard. I'm like, 1002 prayer? Like, what does that mean to me? But so then what did I do? What every other person would do. I got on my phone quick when they were uh, done praying and I was Googling it, City Light. And there it was right there laughing at me on City Light's website. It said, Luke 1002 uh, Luke 10, 2 at 10, 2. Uh, and he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. It hit me like a brick wall after prayer. I was like, they have been praying for me. Literally. That's how I felt when that prayer was done, when I put two and two together. And I don't think that Jason really knows this, or maybe Stephanie, but it was such an integral part for me and my choice to step into ministry. I mentioned that. But Jason, in inviting me in to something bigger, and I remember Stephanie sitting here. We were remodeling this room, and Stephanie said, you know, maybe someone internally will help to fill that co-leader role. Obviously, City Light uses that co-leader. Now, I'm not the co-leader, but I sure thought that I could help. And so, um, and then Luke 10.02, that's one of my favorite scriptures, and you wonder how it got up here. Um, I tried to use discernment and not go directly to it, but those things changed the trajectory, the simple things of inviting me in, a simple comment, and a simple prayer. So God changes lives through prayer. Don't be afraid to pray generally or specifically for someone. Don't be afraid to invite someone into something that you see in them, in their hearts, and pray for ownership in that. And don't be afraid in action or word to point people to Jesus Christ. It could save their lives now and in eternity. That's all I have. Thank you so much. I love you guys.